It's time for the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket with Chris Dewar on WTAD. It's 30 minutes of scores, coaches' interviews, and a look at the weekend sports schedule. And now, here's Chris. And tip-top of the holiday season to each and every one of you, and welcome to the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket for December the 29th. As we attempt to put a bow on the 2018 calendar sports year, it has been a good one. In some ways, it has been a sad one with the losses of great coaches and supporters of Tri-State Sports. But we're going to try to make everything come together in a neat little package today. And I can think of no better way to do that than to watch the Quincy Notre Dame Raiders tonight over in Bloomington Normal win their sixth ever State Farm Classic Championship as they will take on Bloomington Central Catholic on the strength of a phenomenal win last night. And in fact, that brings us to the business of the day. Kevin Meyer is going to join us in just a few minutes to break down not only last night's win, but all the goodness that seems to transcribe from Quincy Notre Dame making that trip every holiday season over to Bloomington Normal and particularly to the Shirk Center. He'll try to fill us in on what the magic is. Also, we're going to talk to Quincy native Daniel McCarowitz on this, the anniversary the 50th anniversary of the Western Big Six. He's written a new book all about the history, an easy reference. We'll talk to him about that. We'll talk about why he undertook such a huge project and also kind of about the changing face of sports with conferences and the weird anomaly that is the Western Big Six with its consistency. So we'll get to all of that in just a few minutes, but let me break down Friday night for you because in this busy holiday season, it was wall-to-wall basketball and wrestling and basketball yet again, but that's how we roll this time of year. Let's start last night with Quincy Notre Dame's win, which I invoked. As the Raiders take down the top seed last night, Aurora Christian, 48-45. to Dylan Foley had 18 points in the win. Nick Schwartz had 15, including a huge three down the stretch. I would guess, I would venture to say, the Raiders probably led in that game maybe two minutes of total clock time, but it was the two minutes that counted. So again, they will take on Bloomington Central Catholic tonight at 5:15 for a chance to win the small school championship. We'll have highlights for you tonight on the big overtime show. Also, a bounce-back day yesterday in Collinsville for the Quincy High Blue Devils. They play much better in the auxiliary gym, as ugly and dank and small as it is, than they do in the big gym at Collinsville. But good for them in the morning. Huge win over Oakville, Missouri, 62-39. to Jaden Smith could shoot from anywhere he wanted to in the state of Illinois yesterday, and the ball was going in. He had 25, and Dante Kreider added 11. Then Quincy High School bounces back and punches a ticket into the uh, Consolation Championship with a 47-26 win over Altov last night. It will be 3 o'clock today that Quincy High School... We'll take on Belleville East for a chance to win that consolation championship and bounce back from kind of an ugly, disjointed opening loss on the first day of the tournament. Elsewhere yesterday at the Waverly Holiday Tournament in the semifinals, West Central suffers its first loss in 10 games. Uh, snapping a nine-game losing streak, losing to North Mac in just an ugly game, 62-45. to So we're denied the championship game we hoped for, the all-local championship game, as North Mac knocks off West Central. The good side of that is that Triopia stays undefeated. They do punch their ticket to the championship game, winning 63-51 to over Auburn. Garrett Snow with 24 points, so it will be Triopia and North Mac tonight at 6.30 for the title. West Central will play in the third-place game against Auburn, and Jacksonville route in a fifth-place bracket yesterday. Kind of a dispiriting loss at the buzzer, rallying all the way back from 11 down with 4-11 to play to tie the game up, only to lose it at the final horn on a three-pointer by Christian Knox as time expired. At the MVIT in Menden, Payson Seymour is on to the championship game by virtue of a 40-point win over Southeastern 78-38. to 
Cole Schwartz leading the way in that one with 25 points. Their opponent will be Unity, and you know those two teams don't like each other very much. Unity weathers the storm and beats Western last night, 54-51. to Logan Voth leading the way in that one with 15 points. Cole Schaefer added 11. The Mustangs and Indians meet tonight at 7 o'clock in Menden for the MVIT title. Also in Missouri yesterday at the MRMC Peak Sport and Spine Holiday Shootout, that's a mouthful in Moberly. Highland gets a win on the boys' side, 58-47. to Let's do some girls' scores now. At the Blue Devil Invite in Gurney, uh, last night the Quincy High girls with another win as they improved to 14-3 and on the season, beating Grays Lake Central, 41-39. to Sarah Nelson, the Quincy University commit, had 12 points and 10 rebounds. Quincy High School will play one more game today at noon and try to make it a really good tournament and finish 4-1 and in that affair. At the State Farm Classic, Kind of a day of mixed results for Central Southeastern. Coming off that just dispiriting but wonderfully played loss to St. Joe Ogden the night before, the number one seed where they lost by a point at the end of overtime on a buzzer beater. Uh, Central Southeastern in the morning beats El Paso Gridley 40-32, to behind 26 points from Laney Lance. But on the night side in the fifth place game, uh, Central Southeastern succumbs to a really good Rock Falls team, 52-31. to Again, Miss Lance, who was also committed to Quincy University, had 16 points in the loss. At the Lady Tiger Classic at Beardstown, championship semifinals will have no local teams involved in the championship tonight as Route, despite a wonderful effort, loses to Lewistown, 53-46. to Billy McCartney with 14 points of the loss. The Rockets will now play Illini Bluffs at 5.30 today in the third-place game. Also in the bracket yesterday, Illini West, a winner over Unity, 50-40. to Illini West will take on Triopia today in the fifth-place game. Triopia, a 63-49 to winner over Illini Central. Anna Burris scored 21 points in that one, including the 1,000th of her career. Other results from the Lady Tiger Classic, Pittsfield over South Fulton, 47-43. to It was Athens beating Liberty, 35-32. Those school Beardstown winning over North Green, 44-37. Brown County, a 65-53 winner over Macomb. West Hancock, a winner over West Central, 40-32. to North Fulton beats Rushville Industry, 58-43. to And Western Payson with a win over Jacksonville, 44-26. to Back at Moberly yesterday, it was Clopton by one over Cairo, 47-46. Caitlin Kuntz with 14 points in that one. And Highland improves to 8-0 on the season with a 53-21 win over Hallsville. Both Caitlin Benson and Kennedy Flanagan each with 17 points as Highland continues to roll in northeast Missouri. Ugly night of basketball last night at Western Hall on the college docket as Western Illinois loses to South Dakota State on the men's side, 100-58. Yes, that's a 42-point deficit. The women's game was much better. Western Illinois made a number of runs at a really good South Dakota State team, but lost ultimately 93-84. to Okay, we're talking Raider basketball coming up next with Kevin Meyer. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on Talk Radio 930 WTAD and FM 103.3. Here's Chris Dewar. And welcome back, everybody, to the Saturday Morning Ticket. Always a pleasure to be joined by the John Wooden of Bloomington Normal, Kevin Meyer, whose basketball teams just absolutely get over to the State Farm Classic and are phenomenal, and they're doing that yet again. Coach Meyer, happy holidays and Merry Christmas to you, good sir. Thank you very much. Same to you. Um, I don't know about that whole John Wooden stuff. Let's back off there. 
Hey, I, I, I wanted to give the credit while it was still hot, because the media will turn on you in a second. You know this, my friend. But obviously, it has been a wonderful run over there, and everybody wants to talk about the magic of what you do. Who knew last night that the magic was as simple as defense? Because you, with a C-plus offensive game from your squad, hold a team that's one of the best offensive teams in the state in Aurora Christian, 21 points under their scoring average, hold their all-stater, Mr. Wolf, to 14 points. That effort last night was phenomenal. How proud are you of just the way the kids kind of rolled up their sleeves and gritted that out last night? Uh, you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, everything we've talked about since our break, Christmas break started, was defense and rebounding, and I thought we did a really good job with that last night. In fact, up here this whole tournament so far, the teams we played, each team we've played has been averaging about 65 points a game and we've held each one of them 20 points under their average. And it's just come from that. It was really, really blue-collar, get after it defensively. We played a lot of zone and did a lot of different things, and the kids really believe in the system and bought into it and went out and executed extremely well last night. Your, your kids have heard, and they're showing an awful lot of chin right now, they heard they couldn't guard man-to-man last night, and yet you ran a little man-to-man at times, but you also ran that zone, and it seems like it's become just a point of pride to prove people wrong at this juncture, and you certainly did that last night. You've done it the last two games, as you touched on. You go over there for the competition, this has got to have such an elevating quality for your team moving forward. I think so. I think I think somebody made a comment last night that hey, there's no excuses going forward. You know you can defend. You know you can play. You know, extremely stiff competition. Now you have to do it. You know, our our schedule gets really tougher in the second half of the of the season, and you've got some things to fall back on now and say, remember how we did against uh, Aurora Christian with their you know their big guy in the middle. What did we do against El Paso Gridley when they had a, a really really good outside shooter and a post player? And so, I, to me, we've always talked about wanting a, a defensive identity. These guys have really bought into it up here at State Farm. And, again, it's just something we have to carry forward through the rest of the season now. It would be really easy for me to obsess over the competition, but you go to the State Farm Classic every year for the competition. To me, I want to ask you the question I don't think I've ever asked you. What do you get beyond the games from having your team in sort of a closed environment, setting them down when the basketball is over, and having a chance to kind of bond and spin this forward? Yeah, I think every team talks about how important it is for the, you know, the chemistry and the family bonding and stuff. Um, I, you know, I, I, it starts, it starts right away when we, when we start pairing up rooms and we make them, you know, kind of be uncomfortable and you have to partner up with, you know, there's a senior in each room, but then there's going to be a junior and a sophomore and, and they have to get to know each other a little bit there. Uh, carries over with, with my wife. Uh, we do, we do family dinner, you know, the first night and, Here's a basket. Put all your cell phones in here. There's no phones allowed at the table. And, you know, they, they have to get their heads up and talk to each other. Uh, you know, the, the laundry that, that she does for us and, and they, they come in and they're really appreciative and they understand that, hey, we're trying to take care of them, but at the same time, it's a, it's a business trip. And just seeing that how much they grow and you start out the week and you see certain guys sitting together and the next thing you know, their rooms are sitting together and then now there's, guys sitting together that hadn't talked to, to a lot of each other, you know, through the course of the season, you're, you're 10 games in or whatever. But, it, you know, when you're playing on the road or even at home in, in your regular season schedule, you're on the bus, there's headphones on, and you're in and out. Up here, you, you, there's a lot of downtime, and they have to spend some time together. And it's been really neat to see guys bouncing back and forth from different rooms and, and really interacting with each other. And that's the part of that team chemistry and that family bond that we've been just – 
begging for, you know, I think from coaches every single season. And, and you get that in a, in a great environment when you go on the road like that for State Farm. It would be really easy for me to obsess over the great tournaments that Dylan Foley has had, that Nick Schwartz has had. But I think from your standpoint, for your basketball team, the best part of this metric is what it's done for everybody else to kind of pull it together, whether it's Max Wedding discovering himself, really some confidence as a shot blocker, Grant Heyer pulling out the play fake of the year. I mean, you've had other guys step up who've shown out beyond just what the stat sheet shows, and that's been big. Oh, I, I think so. I, you know, I think a guy that that really has been—he's he, always talked about as, a, as oh my goodness, when he walks on the floor and what a great athlete and everything. But you know, I think Tommy Ray's just played an incredible tournament up here, and, and it's nothing that's showing up in the box score. Last night, he he he, he slid out of bounds, diving for a loose ball. Guys rallied around him. You know, Aurora Christian got possession of that ball back, but that was a that was a turning point. For us as a, as a team last night to really start digging in defensively when you see, you know, arguably one of our best athletes out there doing that. You know, another one that, that came to mind last night was Zach Becker. He came in off the bench. We had foul trouble with, with two bigs. And, you know, he went in and just said, yeah, I can do this a little bit. And he went hard to the offensive glass and that kind of inspired other guys to do that as well. So I think when people sit back and watch and see, you know, the, the Dillons and, and Nick's flying around and doing their thing. There's a lot of blue-collar guys behind them really pushing them and, you know, having trust in those guys to make the big shots. But it all started on the defensive end with guys getting stops so that we could get possessions. You know, we're down by seven with, with four minutes left last night. And, you know, it, it wasn't our offense that got us clicking. It was a defense. It was a steal in the backcourt by Dylan. It was a couple offensive or defensive rebounds that let us get out and run and, and find some rhythm and, you know, it's funny because we were 0 for 10 from three in the in the second half, and you know, it, somebody asked me that, why were we letting them still shoot? And we had great looks. Our guys shoot really well at Church Center uh, most of the time. It's it's kind of a home away from home when we played there so many times. And uh, you know, finally Nick broke one and, and and banged that three home, and that kind of got us going again offensively. And it was just a fun environment, but we've had lots of guys step up and do that this weekend. You, you kind of touched on that. I, I want to look at your resume right now. You now have wins over Monroe City. You have wins over El Paso Gridley, who was undefeated. That win last night over Aurora Christian. You guys are big game hunters. Is today, though, the biggest quarry you've chased? Because Bloomington Central Catholic looks incredible on paper. You know, I don't. I just don't think it would be a State Farm Classic if, if Quincy Notre Dame and, and Bloomington Central Catholic didn't play. I mean, we've played each other for four years, and uh, we've, de- we've developed a great relationship with them. Uh, we stayed and watched them last night, and you know, I, I, as soon as the game was over, and I texted that exact quote to, to Jason and told him, like, you know, hey, tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, championship game. Uh, you know, the, the fun thing tomorrow or now today, their girls play right before us, so it's going to be a hostile hometown environment. For us, we did that three years ago uh, when we were fortunate enough to play in the championship and win it against them. Uh, I, I think it's a I think it's a great challenge for us. They're playing extremely well, and you know everybody everybody barks about the seeds and you know they're the seventh seed, but they they play they open their season up always tough in the seed tournament. Go zero and four, and on, you know here they are sitting now at like eight and five, and uh, he does such a good job. I think we look a lot alike. I think we have you know they have Luke Yoder. Who is a, a, a QU guy that, that you know that I know Ryan Hellenthal has, has offered and looked at. Um, he's really talented. Him and Nick are going to match up extremely well. They've got a big that I think Johnny's going to have to guard, be a little physical with. But um, it's it's a great opportunity for us. And again, we walk out of here with the trophy. Um, you know, the, the goal was honestly to play Aurora Christian. 
if we could get to that game, we felt like we could we could say that it was a successful tournament up here um, to get to play the number one seed. That you know that's your goal. I think you, anytime you go into a tournament, you want to play the best teams, and so I think we got a chance to do that. And then you know the only way we were going to play Central Catholic was either going to be in a third place game, which was going to be Saturday morning, and that's not going to be a lot of fun, or a really meaningful game for the championship. And and we get that tonight, and I think the guys are really excited about that. Well, congratulations on a job well done to this point. Go finish the mission today, Kevin. And obviously, everybody back here really proud of the way, not just that the Raiders have won, but really how they've kind of gritted and grinded their way through an incredible run. So congratulations to you and the kids. I sure do appreciate it. Thank you very much. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Western Big Six history with Q&D alum Daniel McCarowitz. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on WTAD. Better bed, less money. Sleep Tight, 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Once again, here's Chris Dewar. And we are back now, and it is an honor to be joined by Quincy Native, former Quincy Notre Dame football player, and a pretty good one, obviously long-time beat writer in the Quad Cities for local sports, and now historian-turned-author Daniel McCarowitz. DMAC, nice to have you with us, and thanks for joining us this morning on the ticket. Morning, Chris. Thank you very, very much for having me on. It's a wonderful opportunity to talk about your new pet project, which is timely and wonderful, as we are now on the 50th anniversary of the Western Big Six, and Daniel has written the official tome, the quick reference tome, that gives you every little bit of information you would need to know about the history of this venerable conference. And first of all, I've got to ask you, DMAC, what kind of possessed you to sit down and undertake this rather sizable project? Well, it, it started a couple years ago when I did some some research on the on the Western Big Six when I was still uh, working at the Dispatch, and I was looking up something at the Moline Library, and then I, I found a book uh, on Moline basketball history, and inside of it, it had every year by year conference standing from the Big Six from when it started the first year in 1971 for basketball through 2007. So then I compiled all of the year-by-year standings, and then I just kind of turned it into a a basketball manual that had the standings, the state trophies, and the all-time leading scores in the Western Big Six. So, So that kind of got me interested in the research part of the Western Big Six. And then I was actually down in Quincy covering a Moline Quincy soccer match, and I had a question for Scott Douglas, the Quincy AD, about bylaws for the Western Big Six in terms of conference matches and soccer. And he ended up sending me the Western Big Six bylaw. On it, it said, adopted on January 8, 1969. And at the time, I'm like, wow, you know, the 50th anniversary is coming up. So I, I had thought about it, and then I remembered it, and I spoke with the Western Big Six Executive Secretary Bob Swanson and said, hey, you know the 50th anniversary of the Big Six is coming up, but this was in the fall, this past fall that I was, I told him that, and then he had asked me, hey, would you be interested in maybe putting together something on the, on the Big Six, because I think we're going to celebrate, each school's going to celebrate the Big Six. And, you know, undertaking that opportunity, I'm like, well, I don't want this to be something that's, that's done you know, and this is kind of coming from Coach Cannell's mindset at QND. You know, if you're going to do something, it's going to yeah. be done right, and you you want to put everything you can into it. So uh, that's that's kind of where it started. I I think me personally, and I never played in the Big Six, 
but you know, I covered it. I've been around it uh, for 10 years. This was something that really interests me and I wanted it to be, be something that, that people would enjoy and appreciate. And I think because it's such a respected conference, I, I think something like this needed to be done. And I'm just glad that, that it's done. And, and I'm, I'm glad that I was able to be part of that. Your vantage point is unique, as you touched on, because you have covered the Western Big Six from almost every angle, and the Quincy angle you grew up around, although on the other side of town. Right. You look at this, and it's really weird, this this age of conferences flipping all over the place, that all six members of the Western Big Six are charter members. You don't see that anymore. What is the key to that stability as far as you're concerned, Daniel? I, I think the fact that each school, especially Quincy, is on an island that there's, there's not the, the, the demographics keep them to the point where, you know, where's Quincy going to go? Obviously, the, the Central State Eight, the Springfield schools, you know, they don't, they don't need a Quincy. And, you know, the Peoria with the Mid-State Six, now the Big 12, they didn't really need Galesburg. And the Quad City schools, you know, where are they going to go? I mean, the suburbs, who, who knows? But, I think the fact that, you know, these schools are similar in size, and, yeah, there's some geographic hurdles. I mean, nobody likes the trip up here to Quincy, and they point that out to me every time they <laughs> they mention I mention I'm from Quincy. But I think it just kind of comes down to this was a fit. These schools like it. Now, in the research of the first year of the conference, they you know, they started mentioning schools. You see little South Peru, Peoria, Richwoods, you know, they looked at, you know, trying to expand. It just never worked. So they didn't find the right fit to, for it to expand. And, and I think the Big Six has kind of made a commitment of we're not going to expand unless it's good for all of us in every sport. So that's where the longevity comes into place. And up until the, gen, the expansion with Geneseo and Sterling, it was the longest-standing unchanged conference in the state of Illinois. I mean, I don't think conferences are going to reach 50 years anymore of, of having gone unchanged. Some are lucky to reach five months the way things have gone at this day and age in, in the IHSA. You know, that isolationism has led to some amazing history. You touch on it in the book, 32 titles, I think, combined for all of mm-hmm. those schools. That's an incredible run. I, I have to ask you, because you've spent so much time in the Quad Cities, how is Quincy sort of viewed uniquely from that vantage point beyond just the travel? I think it's a people will complain. You you ask people about about Quincy, and the first thing they do is either say, oh, the trip is terrible, or, you know, we got we got Homer down there. That they, that they have a story of getting caught in a snowstorm or getting – getting Homer at Blue Devil Gym. And I'll have to tell this quick thing. The first time Duncan Reed, the former Rocky coach, found out I was from Quincy, he had a knife in his hand. We were at a, at a luncheon, and he acted like he wanted to stab me. It was a plastic knife, but nevertheless, he wanted to stab me. And I had to point out to him, no, I'm a QND grad. I did not go to senior high. So that kind of saved me a little bit. But I think people up here will will say I don't like the trip or – or, you know, Blue Devil Gym, we, something happened with the officials. But I think people up here wouldn't like it if Quincy wasn't in the conference. I think there's that respect. I think they understand the tradition. Uh, I know people up here, especially in soccer, when they beat Quincy, it's a big deal. When they beat Quincy in volleyball, it's a big deal. Uh, I think 
each school up here has an appreciation for Quincy because they understand, hey, Quincy's it's harder on them than it is for us. We got to go down there maybe once a year. They have to come up here four times a year. Yeah, everybody uh, so, everybody needs a foil, Daniel, and that's obviously a big part of this. Uh, the book is wonderful. How can people get it in their hands, I guess, is the big question. So for now, each school is going to have a celebration. Quincy's is on February 1st when they play Alleman at Blue Devil Gym. It's going to be available for for purchase that night. I'll be down there at Quincy to, to sell it, and they can purchase it. We're still working on the final price. It's going to be between either 5 or $10 depending on some things, but there's 1,300 copies being made, and if, and if people in Quincy are wondering, well, are there going to be enough, I'm going to make sure that each school is allotted the same amount up front so that everybody has an opportunity to purchase this book. And, and just to point out to it, if, if you won a state championship, if you're a Quincy grad and won a state championship, your name's in the book, or a Don Morris Award winner because there's four from Quincy that one at Michael Payne is mentioned in it, Bruce Douglas is mentioned in it, every state championship coach from Quincy is mentioned in it. So Quincy has made a significant impact in the Western Big Six, and they are significantly mentioned in this book along with the other five uh, conference members. So February 1st is the is the opportunity to, to purchase this book with a portion of the proceeds going back to Quincy uh, to the school. Great job, D-Mac, and again, it is well worth it. I'm sure you'll be here to sign everybody's copy when you get here. Again, we appreciate your time, and congratulations on the project. And that does it for us on the Saturday Morning Ticket. We'll be right back here next Saturday. Time has run out. You're invited to join us again next week for another edition of the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy.